0: Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only a total wine and more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly B21.
1: A very special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Cabot Creamery. Wait, before we start this episode. Where is Tuna? Like, I feel like I need her. Do you have her? I was going
0: to say, she's not in either of our closets. That
1: feels inappropriate, given the episode that we are about to dive into. We man! Okay. Let me grab Tuna. her. Tuna!
0: Let me grab it. Peanut butter
1: and jelly.
0: Grilled cheese.
1: Pastrami.
0: Tuna Salad. The Sandwich Universe. All right, welcome back to The Sandwich Universe, where everything is a sandwich.
1: And a sandwich is positively everything. I am one of your hosts, Molly Boz. I am a cookbook author, recipe developer, sandwich lover. And I'm joined here by one of my best friends, Declan Bond.
0: Hey, everyone. I'm uh, a sandwich enthusiast, a self-proclaimed sandwich critic, and uh, a general representative for uh, home cooks uh, who love sandwiches.
1: Who normally works in tech but dabbles in (laughs) the sandwich podcasts
0: I do work in tech. Um, And we're on a mission to uh, unearth all the brilliant aspects of 10 amazing, iconic sandwiches. Each episode, we're diving into a new sandwich with philosophical debate, listener call-ins, and questions. And uh, on this episode, we're diving into a bit of an oddball in the sandwich universe, the tuna melt
1: I don't think it's an oddball, just for starters. I think what? It's like weird that you think it is. <laughs> I also feel like if BLT was kind of the sandwich that best represents your brand, Tuna Melt is the one that best represents
0: mine. What? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. I
1: literally have a dog named Tuna.
0: <laughs> like, could it get
1: any more on brand know, than that?
0: She's very melty in her She's cuteness. such a melty
1: little wiener. Okay. So... Where to begin with this alleged oddball? Well,
0: I'll, let me just start by, you know, backing up my claim that the the tuna melt is an oddball. I feel like of all the sandwiches, a tuna melt is just this like weird bundle of contradictions in a sandwich. And I mean, there's a few really obvious ones. One, you know, it's a hot sandwich, but it's a fish salad, which is like, what is going on with that already? Um, It's also a pairing of fish and cheese, which I feel like is just, you know, very uncommon. Um, It's usually, I feel like, reserved for uh, anchovies and like some kind of aged cheese is like the combination that is most, you know, recognizable in the culinary world. But you don't really get a lot of cheddar and, you know, fish combos. Mm. Um, But it's really brilliant. Uh, it's a brilliant sandwich. It also feels it, it, it has this very nineteen fifties diner, uh, you know, lunch counter vibe. But it has has still had some kind of staying power because it's so you know easy and delicious. Yeah, uh, in a way, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, it's like it's the sandwich that kind of defies all of the rules and regulations that we as culinary professionals impose upon ourselves when we create recipes. And I think that's why I like it. I think I like that people are like, "Uh, hot tuna, yuck, with cheese, yuck. And it's like, yeah, but no, but actually like it works. <laughs> and I'm sorry that it, it I'm works. sorry to say that it works. Sorry, not sorry once again.
0: But that's, that's what I mean. It's a rebel. It's a it's rebel. A, it sandwich. is a rebel. It's a,
1: and it's retro. So. And that's part of its charm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most people order tuna melt out at diners, like you said. In fact, actually, um, as I was looking up the history of this sandwich, I learned that it came to be allegedly in Charleston, South Carolina, at a place called Woolworths, which was like a dinery lunch counter on King Street. And supposedly a diner asked for a grilled cheese sandwich with a smear of mayo like that was the order but then there was a bowl of tuna salad perched nearby above the griddle and it fell over oh, it fell onto the fall. grilled cheese the fall <laughs> <laughs> yeah the great fall <laughs> and and then all of a sudden the tuna just like plopped onto the grilled cheese and <laughs> and the diner and the guy who ran the restaurant was like sorry about it asked the (laughs) diner like would you rather me would you rather me refire this sir and the good sir said no, I shall try it. And thus was born the tuna
0: melt. Nay, <laughs> which, like, nay let's be honest, did that didn't say. happen. <laughs> that did not happen. Um, but I do love a good sandwich. A gorgeous origin story. Myth. That's a pretty good one. I actually also discovered a few things while I was researching for this podcast episode and it's pretty remarkable so in the u.s guess how many pounds of canned tuna americans <sighs> eat every again. year he's
1: like obscure
0: one billion pounds
1: oh okay that feels like a lot <laughs> like i don't really big. know much about That's, numbers that but i know that one billion big. is big
0: a billion That's is big. big
1: wait wait canned tuna not fresh tuna
0: canned and pouched i, I haven't really encountered much pouched but oh yeah, yeah, yeah they put them um, in pouches
1: now it's, it's like, like, like three
0: pounds thing. a year for the average american
1: which is pretty good oh oh i definitely eat more than that i eat a can a week and a can is four ounces so at that rate how many pounds am i eating a year i'm eating one pound a month so i'm eating 12 pounds a year
0: okay wow that's,
1: that's a lot of mercury yikes. yikes yikes
0: um <laughs> Now, mind you, this stat, as well as the ones to follow, are from National Fisheries Institute, an extremely biased publication. So,
1: as always, <laughs> we're consulting the <laughs> most biased of all publications for our stats. You can expect that um,
0: here. <laughs> so, check check this out. Over half of canned tuna, fifty-two percent, is used in what preparation? Sandwiches, <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. Which is pretty. Yeah, I mean, makes sense, right? Tunes yeah, but like, sandwiches. what's happening with the rest? But that's pretty. That's pretty remarkable. That means one billion pounds, five hundred million pounds, are used in sandwiches every year. Twenty-two percent used in salads. Fifteen percent used in casseroles, which I was like, really, casseroles? Mm. Uh, and then yeah, seven point five percent. Wow. I okay, swear. that's
1: an interesting. Yeah. Pie chart. So honestly, Americans fuck with tuna. <laughs> and tuna. Americans
0: really like, fuck with tuna. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's kind of the bottom line here, ourselves included. Uh, let me ask you a question: Do you love a tuna melt? Like in your heart of hearts, Declan?
0: Yes, I do. Um, it's it's again, it's it's a bit of a rebel sandwich. It's kind of it's not the first thing I reach for, but there is definitely a moment when I want a tuna sandwich, um, and I think it has to do with it's. It's I mean it's funny you told the story about where it was, where it came from I would have said that it was like a spin-off of the patty melt or something like that because I feel like No
1: no. It just a bowl of tuna toppled yeah. off the, to, the, the top the shelf with a griddle yeah, and landed did, on a grilled cheese. Yeah. And
0: did you know that the, the history of the patty melt is actually a, a little bit of ground beef just toppled onto a grilled cheese sandwich? <laughs> Different diner, um,
1: mind you. To,
0: yeah, right. Um but yeah, I feel like it's it's a lighter version of that same spirit with the with the tuna versus like a patty melt style thing. It
1: really is. Um, it's a pescatarian patty melt, if yeah, you
0: will. Yeah.
1: I love that. It's a, it's a nice way to think about it. Well, I also get down with the tuna melt. I will say, and maybe we will talk about this later, but I have also a lot of love and respect for just a classic cold tuna salad sandwich. And we talked about whether this episode should be the tuna salad sandwich episode or the tuna melt episode. And we went with the tuna melt episode because A, it felt more iconic. B, it felt like there was, like, more kind of, like, contentious debate around the sandwich.
0: Yeah, it's a bigger question mark for for sure.
1: It is. And C, we kind of, we wanted to tackle a different kind of sandwich, which was one that was, like, a mashup of a cold salad sandwich with a hot grilled cheese sandwich. So that's what this is.
0: I feel like all the, the, you know, these, like, salad sandwiches, like, when you look at the histories, they just kind of all center around, like... We invented mayo and then we started just like bathing everything in mayo and putting it in bread.
1: Totally. (laughs) Okay, so I think we've established the importance of the tuna melt. So let's take some questions after a quick break. A very special thanks to our presenting sponsor Cabot Creamery, which is made up of a co-op of New England and New York dairy farmers and makes some of the great cheddar cheese of our generation. Our first question regarding the tuna melt is coming in from at Jasper Mile. And the question is water or oil-based tuna? I have strong, strong feelings about this. But if you want to field it before I go in.
0: I actually don't have strong feelings, but I just want to guess your strong feelings. Um, I'm, I'm guessing... I could be totally wrong. I'm I, This is a total shot in the dark. I'm guessing that you have a strong bias for oil-based tuna.
1: Bingo, bango! Woo. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I actually don't know why water-packed tuna is a thing, why it exists, who invented yeah. it, why people keep buying it. It is an inferior product. It's health-conscious. But, like, come on. A little bit of olive oil is not going to kill you. In fact, Hello, anybody ever heard about the Mediterranean diet? Apparently, you're supposed to like drink olive oil. <laughs> so here's the thing about oil packed versus water packed tuna. Water packed tuna is just inherently dry. It's sitting in water, which means all of its seasoning is through osmosis being sucked out of it and into the water that it's suspended in. And there's no kind of like luxurious fatty Anything that's sort of insulating it. Whereas with olive oil packed tuna, you get a much richer, more tender tasting tuna because it's think about how long it's sitting in that Mm. oil and sort of just like it's cooked Mm. in it and then marinating in it. It's confit. And so I think above all else, we could debate what brands make the best canned tuna for hours. For me, it really comes down to, is it packed in water or is it packed in oil? And if it's packed in oil, is it packed in olive oil versus like a neutral oil?
0: Yeah. It also just feels intuitive, like when you're making a hot thing to have it be more oily and that oil is going to like seep into the bread and help crisp it. Yeah, you can add
1: water in there. Like like that's Sogtown, USA. (laughs) Sog it up. So that's the tea on that.
0: All right. Next, we have a very pertinent question from Mao Seri21 who asks Hey, so every tuna milk I've ever had tastes like absolute dookie. What's up with that? <laughs> Isn't it pronounced dookie? Um, dookie? No, it's definitely dookie. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw this question, I, uh, I I kind of like dawned on me that, yeah, like I, I feel like a lot of people uh, just think of a tuna melt as just this, like, gross sandwich. I talked to a couple of friends about tuna melts before this, and a lot of them were just, like, kind of uh, outright, like, no. And then I googled uh, tuna, tuna melt gross, and I went down a rabbit hole after seeing this incredible senator's viral video where a U.S. senator named Mark Warner makes an incredibly wild Repulsive tuna, tuna melt sandwich. I'm just going to read some headlines from the articles that were written. Senator Mark Warren leaves people baffled with tuna melt recipe. I am screaming. <laughs> I
1: am, I honestly am
0: screaming. <laughs> Senator, I'm screaming. Senator Mark Warren's tuna melt is an insane atrocity, and I for one salute it. <laughs> oh, okay. It. What is the deal with Mark Warner's haunted tuna sandwich? And then finally, Kamala Harris actually went and made a video explaining how to make a tuna melt in response to properly.
1: Him. Because just to clarify for anyone who didn't watch the viral video, it, his tuna melt consisted of two slices of Wonder Bread slathered in in, in an exorbitant amount of mayo. He cracked open a can of chicken of the sea, didn't drain it, dumped it right on top of the mayonnaise, (laughs) mashed it into the mayonnaise on the bread, put two slices of American cheese on it, put the the two slices of bread together and threw it in the microwave for 30 seconds and called it a day.
0: Like, I'm sorry. It's really, it's giving a bad name to to tuna melts.
1: It really is. Um, So maybe perhaps, I guess what you're saying here is... If if your if your tuna melts taste like Dookie, then maybe you're making them the wrong way, and maybe you should be following a Kamala approach, which is a proper tuna melt approach. Yes. Or or tune in for the rest of this pod, and we'll help you out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, all to say that yeah, it's in the preparation. I mean, you know, you can make a, a sandwich in any any way or any sandwich and make it really poorly. I do I do think that the tuna melt is a particularly sensitive one. It needs. Uh, a a very particular touch Um, can't just can't just throw it in the microwave and and call it a day
1: (laughs) nah you can't okay here's another one coming in from at anna underscore lapas underscore collins and she says is it best on rye and then in parentheses the answer is yes i'm gonna go ahead and agree with her
0: yeah i'm gonna flat out agree i think it's the classic preparation um, I do like the kind of bitter seediness of what's the actual seed in rye? Caraway. Caraway. I, I really think that complements it well. But is there any alternative that you've had or or thought of that could be good? I've seen it on buns. I mean before, duh. I sesame like,
1: sourdough.
0: Sesame sourdough, okay, yes. It like, uh, would be a great
1: alternative. It's true. English muffins are English like a classic, mm. you know, tuna melt. It's It wouldn't be the first thing I went for. Um, I do think in our grilled cheese episode, we toyed around with the idea of a rye bread. Mm-hmm. We didn't ultimately land on it, but this feels like this is the moment for the rye bread. I think we've both kind of been thinking about talking about rye for some time mm-hmm. now. And 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 trying to figure out like what is the sandwich that's going to absolutely require rye bread, and I think we found it.
0: Rye is also this like funny alt bread that doesn't get a lot of action, but is really great. And so it feels like it's yeah, kind of like, nice, nicely paired with the the radical, rebellious tuna melt.
1: Yes. It's totally aligned <laughs> with the rest of the ingredients. Um well this brings us into our next question, actually. Do you want to take it, Dick?
0: All right. So next question comes from at Olivia Powell, who asks:
1: With a classic tuna melt, do you go open faced or closed? This is like actually a really important question. Do you realize how this is? I mean, it's a tough one because we've
0: we've said before many times uh, that as part of the kind of global definition of a sandwich, it's got to be between two slices of bread. But when I, you know, I've I've heard a lot about, you know, people just being like, yeah, well, a tuna melt just comes on, on you know, comes open-faced. It it should be broiled, not griddled. Um, but that just feels like it's not really true. Like most tuna melts that I've had have been closed-faced and it's part of the definition of a sandwich.
1: <sighs> I'm really torn on this one. I actually developed a recipe for a tuna melt recently and it was open-faced and people were up in arms like half of the half of my community was like hell yeah open face for life and then the other half was like that is not a tuna mount
0: it's, it's a polarizing, it's so polarizing sandwich on all fronts
1: and i would just say i think for the sake of this podcast because we have just defined a sandwich as something between two slices of bread we're gonna have to close it up But I also think from an eatability standpoint, which is something that's really important to us on this podcast and something that we consider Mm -hmm. a lot, closed face is easier. Open face is a knife and fork kind of sandwich. And um, that's not really the type of sandwich that we are investigating here on on the Sandwich Universe.
0: Yeah. So I guess the verdict is it's got to be closed. Sorry, close it up.
1: It's got to be closed. But also, if you are viscerally opposed to the idea of a closed (laughs) tuna melt. We respect that. And we would just offer the idea that maybe you should just prepare it open-faced. Like, take all of the rest of the information that we provide you in this episode, and then just, like, don't put that extra slice on top and throw it under the broiler.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But the problem is that I feel like when you griddle a tuna melt, you really get the you know the effect that you're looking for Um, yeah that burnish crunch on the outsides with with you know kind of a a, you know gooey um, you know tuna fish salad mix in the center which you know this is one of those sandwiches that has the kind of the center is a relatively uniform texture and if you are missing even, you know, 50, well, I guess it's a lot, but missing, you know, a whole slice of bread, 50% of your crunch is is taken away from you.
1: All right. Next up, coming in from at Alexis underscore Chervinko, can there ever be too much mayo? If you ask me, the answer is yes. This is the a great tuna salad is a sort of fine, delicate balance between the core of the salad, which is the shredded tuna. Mayonnaise, which is what's giving it like richness and mouthfeel and fattiness, and then acid, which could come in different forms in the form of pickles or lemon juice, or there, it's a balance of those three things. If you add too much mayo, when you heat that tuna melt, you are going to have mayo seepage all over your skillet. And so there is an appropriate amount of mayonnaise. But beyond that, I think this get this question kind of gets to the heart of of the sandwich, which is what makes a great tuna salad itself, apart from the cheese, apart from the fact that it's a melt. And what kind of things are we adding into our tuna salad? So I feel like that's kind of where we should go with this.
0: Yeah, I think there's just so many because you can't have tuna salad with just mayo and tuna. It, it, it no. needs a lot. The
1: senator was very, very <laughs> wrong. <laughs> the
0: honorable senator. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a there's a ton of different possibilities. I'm thinking about parsley. I'm thinking about scallions. I'm thinking about pickles. I'm thinking, I'm about, thinking chili, about dill. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about dill. I'm thinking about I'm celery, which is another. Okay, so celery is a big question. Uh, I think in normal tuna salad, it's an obvious choice. It's, an, it's one of those aspects of the, the tuna melt that gets a little bit Again, kind of just like a weird contradiction. Like you want to add celery for the crisp crunch, but then you're about to heat up all that celery, which feels weird.
1: I just don't feel like it's ever going to get hot enough to like cook the celery. But I do hear you that in the context of a tuna melt, it's not maybe necessarily crucial in terms of adding texture because we've already got really textural crunchy bread on the outside. That said, I really love celery. Like all the time in all of its applications. And I think, I do think it belongs in a tuna salad just from a a flavor standpoint. Like it's a really iconic flavor pairing celery, mayonnaise, and tuna. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you love celery, I recommend finely chopping it and tossing it through. Mm -hmm. That said, I think herbs are something that kind of get overlooked in classic American tuna salad and can be such a, can, can really like brighten and lift and bring mm. a lot of kind of like nuance yeah, to tuna salad. It it sometimes bit not there.
0: Elevated in its yeah flavors. It's a little
1: fancy. She
0: fancy. She
1: pretty fancy. And so if you ask me, that should be dill. Um, but if you want to put parsley, that's cool too. You know, even basil, like, I don't I mean, know. parsley is
0: parsley's kind of big. Maybe, maybe parsley's too big. I mean, big, you could
1: chop it though. Uh,
0: unless you really chiffonade it very Oh,
1: finely. look at you dropping um, some noll
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> Do you
1: chiffonade? Okay.
0: You well, <laughs> know, chiffonade here and there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I shift.
0: What about pickles?
1: Hell yeah.
0: Right? Uh, it's an obvious one.
1: Like, are you great? It's a gimme. That's a Those
0: are table steaks. Get some pickles in there.
1: Yeah. I mean, we love pickles, but I chop my pickles up and I put them right in because like I said, it's about finding a balance between fat and acid and that and the tuna itself. And pickles are a great way to introduce acid to the tuna without introducing more liquid, which is kind of the enemy of like a tight sandwich. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really like to add is some kind of onion. Something in the onion family, yeah. whether that be scallions. scallions, or I sometimes do shallot. Or if you don't have shallots, shallots, red onion. We love a shallot. I would say, like, I'm pretty open on that front. I don't think you, you we need to be super prescriptive about which allium you choose. Just let there be an allium presence. And then beyond that, in the, in the tuna salad itself, mustard. Dijon mustard is a must for me. It's a mm. mustard for me. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about once I had... Uh malt vinegar uh, as part of it, which was an interesting, uh, interesting like flavor that. to add. It was kind of cool. And then I was I, I was talking to a friend who mentioned mustard and malt vinegar as like a side, like mixed <gasps> as like a side sauce to the tuna melt.
1: I love that. Actually, a lot of people were calling were writing in being like, do you dip your tuna melt, though? Mm. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, because no, That's what normally they I in. don't.
0: Well, that's what my it. friend Andrew dips it in.
1: I love that. I yeah. think a little bit of Dijon in the salad. Maybe it's malt vinegar in the salad, too. Or maybe I oftentimes just do lemon. Like, I think that's nice and fresh. Or yep. just some of the pickle brine. You, you don't need a ton of it. Because if you're adding a lot of chopped pickles, that should be good. Um, but then I love the idea of, like, a spicy vinegary dipping condiment. Yum. Mm. Another thing I sometimes put in, which I think that you will mess around with, Declan, is hot sauce.
0: Yeah. I like the tanginess and obviously the heat, um, which also leads us to the question of whether or not you just put straight up chili in. If you like heat, I think a little bit of chili in there is cool. I've even imagined uh, putting pickled jalapenos in mm. there.
1: Oh, that's fun. You can chop those up instead of dill pickles. I like that. I honestly feel like in some ways it, it's unnecessary to add heat. To classic tuna salad, but when it comes to a tuna melt where there's cheese and there we're we're griddling it in a bunch of fat and it's just it's a much fattier, richer sandwich, the added bite from something mm-hmm. spicy, pickly is very, very welcome. And so I feel like maybe in the context of, of the sandwich that we end up creating together. We do like half pickles and half yep. uh, pickled jalapenos in our it. actual tuna salad. Okay, how do you feel about tomatoes on the sandwich?
0: You know, I it's not really, it's not traditional, but I'm not mad at it. The only question is, are tomatoes just generally too watery? Like if you get a really juicy, nice tomato, does it add too much water? And then if you've, if you've decided to go down the route of adding a tomato, do you add it? And we, we talked about this in the grilled cheese episode, but do you add it before you cook your tuna melt uh, and and kind of let the, the tomato get cooked in with it? Or do you cook your tuna melt, open that puppy up, throw a couple slices of tomato in there and then close that puppy up?
1: You know how I feel about that, which is I'm stressed. Like that's the most <laughs> stressful proposition. But I, I do feel like I don't. Given that a tuna melt already tends towards water, moisture loss and release into the skillet and it's like it's a wet sandwich, I don't think we're doing ourselves any favors by adding tomato slices right in there. I like the the like little bit of sweetness that it gives, but I'm I'm tempted to just say like it's kind of working against you in a tuna melt, unfortunately. Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of big of us because we love tomatoes when they're right. Like there are there are a few sandwiches that I don't appreciate a a great tomato in when the tomatoes are great. But this one feels like it's an an uphill battle.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I think this brings us to the last question, uh, which is from at Ol Wallen, who asks, what is the correct cheese? Very jeopardy.
1: (laughs) Is it extra sharp cheddar
0: from Cabot Creamery? Um
1: that's my jeopardy response, get
0: it? <laughs> oh yeah yeah, what is Cabot Creamery's <laughs> extra sharp <laughs> oh, Vermont? It is. It's not yeah, is, it? is it? Oh my god, I totally
1: fucked um, that up.
0: <laughs> you lost. You lost all the points, 2000 points.
1: Damn it. What is extra sharp cheddar is the correct answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think yeah, I mean cheddar is so traditional and classic. It it does feel right. Um and it's it's again one of those weird anomalies where it's like there's no other context where i would put cheddar cheese with fish i don't think in the whole Mm, i've uh, seen it with like
1: a fried fish sandwich with like tartar sauce american Mm. cheese but that's a very specific thing and i honestly can't really see you eating that even (laughs)
0: that i'm like uh, yeah i'm stressed now um
1: yeah this is honestly but is there any
0: (laughs) other alternative to cheddar that is like worth considering Um,
1: I, 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 I no. <laughs> I just I don't think so. I mean,
0: we're grasping here, but I think I don't, the only obvious one
1: would be American. But I'm just like no, 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 no. no. It, it's cheddar. no.
0: You need the sharpness again to yeah. to you know. You don't need more melty, gooey, mellowness No, you got plenty of that um, to envelop your your tuna salad.
1: But here's something about um, the cheddar actually that that I think is important. When you're assembling the sandwich. And, and let's say, like, we're looking at two slices of bread. Um, for me, it's mayonnaise on the outside, as I do with uh, grilled cheese. But if you want to put butter on the outside or oil, like, do you? Top to bottom, we're looking at bread, tuna, cheddar bread and then that last side with the cheddar is going down in the skillet because it's closest to the heat source and it will heat up and kind of the name of the game with the tuna melt is like how quickly can we melt this cheese and brown this bread without totally cooking the tuna inside because i don't think there's anyone out there that would would declare that they actually prefer hot tuna interesting
0: so your 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 goal because I wouldn't have expected it. I, I think of the, the tuna melt as a thoroughly hot sandwich. Like there's no cool tuna in the center that's being enveloped by uh, a hot melty cheese and two pieces of grilled bread. And the other thing is I'm, I'm surprised that cheese is only going on one side. I would have thought it's, you know, from the top down, bread, cheese, tuna, cheese, bread a palindrome no it's
1: not a grilled cheese. it's a tuna (laughs) it's the same concept as the blt where it's a tomato sandwich add a little bit of bacon a tuna melt is a tuna sandwich add a little bit of cheese and it's like i want to celebrate the tuna in the tuna melt for me and so there's not cheese on both sides because then that would require four slices of cheese which is a Mm, lot lot of of cheese cheese. and yes i i i agree with you it's not a cold sandwich it's never going to be a cold sandwich but i don't think it needs to be a piping hot sandwich either like there's a middle ground where the interior part of the sandwich in the middle of that tuna is warm mm-hmm. and it's not mm. steaming Ripping and just like hot. juicing yeah. out everywhere and you could even go so far as to Lay a slice of bread into the skillet, mayo side down, put some cheddar on there, give it a jump start of melting, and then build your sandwich on top of it before flipping it and then flip it. And that way the tuna is kind of being added after the melting fact. And you're really only in the skillet to to brown the outsides. And so if you're the type of person that's like, I just cannot get behind hot tuna salad, that would be the answer for you. Yeah tuna by the way has now climbed up me and she's now licking my face so i think that she's here for it she's like mom go off
0: <laughs> she's like welcome to my ted talk <laughs> welcome to
1: the tuna universe so deck it is time for us to conceptualize our ultimate tuna melt sandwich so let's go from the outside in let's
0: build this Sanger okay so we said rye we did say I rye. that's that's the that's the bread of choice here do you
1: want to do butter or do you want to do mayo on the outside
0: i want to do butter i do because i feel like there's so much mayo already being used in the tuna fish salad that butter feels like the right counterpart okay I, but, I
1: respect that fully i really do okay
0: nice we're on a roll here okay cheese we've said extra sharp cheddar. Extra sharp cheddar thin
1: even slices on the on the bottom side of the bread and then let's talk about the tuna salad The real hero of this sandwich. Oh, something I really wanted to mention and that we can talk about now. When it comes to making the tuna salad, and let's just say we're talking oil-packed tuna, some kind of allium. Do you want to go scallion or shallot? I
0: was going to say shallot. I like onion a lot, and I like shallots. Okay,
1: let's do shallot. I love shallots. I love shallots okay, we're going to do finely chopped shallots. We're going to do finely chopped jalapenos and dill pickles, right? For the pickley briny moment, Mm -hmm.
0: 50, 50, 50, 50 blend. blend.
1: We're going to do a big dollop of Dijon, maybe a little bit of the pickle brine or the jalapeno pickle brine, depending on just like how saucy everything's feeling and then mayonnaise. But here's what I want to talk about. I think the key to a tuna salad that really like, keeps its shape and feels uniform and like a mass versus a bunch of chunky tuna suspended in mayonnaise liquid is to really, really mash the shit out of the tuna salad. So taking a fork and like work it. Yeah,
0: you really got to fluff it up.
1: It honestly, like I don't, you should not be able to really discern any single piece of tuna a really nicely emulsified tuna salad will have broken down almost to like a pate kind of state. Yeah,
0: it's like it's it's going to sound not so nice, but it it is like a it whiskery. So nice. It's like a bunch of whiskery. whiskers that's like become a mass. Yes. <gasps> and
1: I think that will make all the difference in the world when it comes to the spillage question. Yeah.
0: And eatability, just keeping it a tight mass.
1: Okay, so that's the general sandwich. We, we're, do you want to add anything else to it? I
0: honestly feel like the... Well, we're going to have pickles in the thing. You're, you're talking like about pickles, pickle, pickle planks.
1: But now. I kind of feel like let's keep the pickles and the jalapenos in the tuna salad. And then let's have extra pickles on the side. Duh.
0: Yeah, we'll just have some pickles on the side as always. Table steaks. steaks. And I think we should keep it kind of tradish. I think so too. Like this is, this is a good, strong variation. Of a classic. I'm... Of a classic. And being the rebel that it is, I want to really, you know, honor that.
1: And of course there's dill in the tuna salad, but like, does I think that goes without saying at this
0: point. We'll have to be pretty heavy handed with the dill to, to get it through. That, that'll be no problem.
1: Two, three pounds should yeah, be I fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: we'll need you know several me. plants, full dill plants.
1: <laughs> Just one last thing. I want to make sure that we have our mustard and malt vinegar dipping sauce on the side. Yes. Um, And that's the sandwich, and I am ready to eat it. Yes. But before we do that, we probably have to go shopping. So I'm going to make a shopping list. Let's go shopping. Catch it back in the kitchen, and we will build this melt. Okay, so this episode is a special episode because we have partnered with Cabot Creamery to give away a one-year supply of cheese to two winners throughout the season, and we're going to announce the first winner right here, right now.
0: Big cheese. Hey, Reed. How you doing? Hi, I'm good.
1: Thanks for joining us for a very special occasion here, which you may or may not know about, but um, we are here to inform you that you are the winner of one year's worth supply of cheese from Cabot Creamery. Oh wow, that's uh, that's a lot of cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. of It's honestly a lot of cheese.
0: It's a lot of cheese.
1: What are you planning to do with all this cheese, Reed?
0: Uh, well, I got to give some away, I think. But <laughs> definitely distribute the portion that I keep. Uh, yeah, you know, eat with some good crusty bread.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And maybe some grilled cheeses. Maybe some ham and cheeses. Oh, I think it's some advice, some recipes, sure.
0: (laughs) I think we can help.
1: All right, well, um, we hope you enjoy it. Just, I guess I would just say make space in your fridge. Well, thanks a lot, yeah. Have a great night. (laughs) Tuna? Melt! Tuna melt. I'm excited.
0: Back in the kitchen. Let's make a sandwich.
1: Let's make a sandwich. I'm cracking, I'm draining. I'm gonna throw them in a bowl. In the meantime, you wanna start chopping stuff.
0: Let's chop celery.
1: Let's chop some celery. Mmm, this looks like nice tuna. I'm gonna take a big dollop of mayonnaise into this bowl of drained tuna, a big spoon of mustard, and I'm gonna work it. Like, my arm better be tired at the end of this. Okay. Do you like this technique where I'm kind of like patting it in circles? I'm like twirling the bowl in circles, and I'm using the bottom of my fork to mash it all together, and it's really helping shred it up.
0: Yeah, you want you want shredded tuna.
1: Yes. How come nobody what talks that? about that?
0: Shredded tuna sandwich.
1: It's already getting so good. Oh, yeah. Look at I'll it. We
0: do little whiskers. That's what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Those little tuna whiskers.
1: And then you can kind of eyeball how much mayonnaise you need because it's like not suspended in mayonnaise. It's sort of like one with the mayonnaise. And then chopped pickles and chopped pickled jalapenos. Coming up. Black pep going in. I'm adding a little pickle brine in. What a lovely sound. (laughs) Tuna slaps.
0: Tuna slaps.
1: Okay. Do we feel
0: close? I think we're close. Do you want to use a vegetable peeler on this block of cheddar <laughs> cheese? Or do you mind if I just cut it you like a normal cut it. human? Fine, whatever.
1: <laughs> okay, butter, you can do a little butter in the skillet. I'm assembling now. I'm putting a little swath of Dijon on the inside of the sandwich. Going rogue. Ready for me? Coming in for the skillet.
0: All right, drop
1: it. I'm gonna squeegee.
0: Squeegee. All right, turn the heat down.
1: Yep, and let's leave it uncovered for now. Oh, baby. like could not have done it more perfectly Oof. myself. Let's fucking go let's to the mouth.
0: let to the mouth.
1: Okay, here we go.
0: Tuna melt,
1: going down. Mm. It's a really proper which, looking okay, well, sandwich. Which,
0: which side are you going on the downside? Are you going the cheese on the downside?
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, me too. One for the corner.
0: Tuna. <laughs> Squeak
1: man. on. The butter fried rye bread it's, is like stupendous.
0: I love this sandwich.
1: This is an icon.
0: It's, yeah, it's just weird and. Rebellious. hmm It's gotta have heat, you gotta have lots of acid.
1: Lots of yummy, pickly things in that salad. And then lots of butter and crispy fried exteriors on that rye on your sharp shed. Big, what's up next?
0: Another uh, iconic 50s era vibe sandwich.
1: Another humble sandwich.
0: Another humble sandwich. The, the egg, egg salad.
1: salad. So we'll see you back here.
0: Special thanks to Cabot Creamery, our presenting sponsor, the Food 52 Podcast Network, and Coral Lee for producing our podcast, and Jeffrey Brodsky for our theme music. See you next week.
1: See you next time.
0: Okay, voice.